leading to challenging behavior. Now, it's not impossible to help them better regulate. They just need more support in this area. It's not something that comes natural for them, as it may for a child who's neurotypical. This episode has been sponsored by Trendy Sped, an online t-shirt shop that caters to special education teachers and school psychologists who have a heart for serving in the K-12 schools. Well, if that's you, picture this, you and your work bestie walking into the staff meeting, sporting a tee that screams, I love Sped or focus on the child's strengths. Because let's be honest, although your job is tough, your tribe is strong. And these conversation starters will open doors to educate people about what it is you do. Squashing misconceptions about the children and families you serve. Live out loud with a trendy sped tea. Ignite those conversations and tag Trendy Sped with a photo of you sporting your new swag. Check them out at TrendySped.com. That's TrendySped.com. And also follow them on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at TrendySped. This is Parent Them Successful with author and licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. Your child no longer has to struggle. On this parenting podcast, we unravel the complexities of the education system, give insight into intervention services, and offer encouragement and tools alongside your parenting journey. It's time for your child to thrive. Welcome your host, LEP educator and mom of four, Jessica Shields. Hello, Parent Warrior, and welcome to the Parent Them Successful podcast. I am just so glad you're tuning in. Today's topic is both important and challenging. Why do some kids struggle with problem behavior? It is a question that many parents, educators, and caregivers grapple with, and understanding the underlying factors can really make a significant difference in how we approach and support these children. So let's start by acknowledging that every child is unique and there's no universal answer to why some kids exhibit problem behavior and others don't. So it's a really nuanced topic that involves a combination of factors. One significant aspect to consider is that children often communicate through behavior. So I always say all communication is Uh, or all behavior is communication. So especially, you know, if we're trying to figure out what the child is going through or trying to understand what area might be impacting them of the areas I'm going to talk about today, but what particular area is really truly driving this behavior, this type of communication. So in this episode, we're definitely going to explore some of the common contributing factors that uh, help us understand why a child might be experiencing problematic behavior. So listen until the end to find out more about how you can support your child in managing that behavior and also stick around for this week's parenting challenge and your loving reminder because you definitely don't want to miss it. So maybe you're like me 
and you're constantly worrying about if your child is going to have a good day at school, uh, will they be able to access their education or will they elope or refuse to work for the day? Maybe you're worried that you will get that note home that says, ah, oh, your child had a rough day. <laughs> I so can be so frustrating, so discouraging, right? Ah, oh, I hate when I get that. Oh, we had a rough day today. I hate that too. So it could be even, this might be you. It could be that you go on an outing and your child is as cranky as ever and the siblings are frustrated and angry and the outing is a complete disaster and everybody's upset now. This can be just like your your wits in. You may be feeling overwhelmed And of course, you just wanted to have a nice outing with the family. For many reasons, this is just so frustrating on so many levels. Hey, trust me, this is my own testimony. I'm talking about my own experiences. So I just want you to know you're not alone if you've had those experiences too. My youngest son, if you don't know, has a severe communication delay and it's hard for him to express himself verbally at school and at home. And he's getting better, but he still has that limited communication. Now, although I feel that we have a pretty good handle on things at home, for the most part, it's school. School is where we see the most issues. And that's personally where my anxiety lies. But, you know, for each of us, each of us parents, it's going to be different. Each of the children are different, right? And nevertheless, the common denominator here is that as parents, We all want our children to be able to self-regulate and communicate their needs and their emotions effectively. If we could just get them to do that, we feel like ah, things will be so much better. Now, there are a number of reasons why children have problem behaviors and these can manifest at any point in their lifetime. Have you ever raised a teenager? If you have, then you already know. Even if you've been a teenager, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So certainly there are various reasons, again, why kids may struggle with problem behavior. Now, here are five common factors. It could be, number one, communication challenges. It could be environmental influences, neurodevelopmental factors, social and emotional learning gaps, and then it could be trauma or an adverse childhood experience or multiple. And in some cases, it could be a mixture of any number of those that I've listed. So first, I want to just kind of go through each one of these briefly with you uh, today. So Let's talk about the communication challenges. Now, in the case with my son, some children, and just like he does, he does have uh, some struggles in that area, a lot of struggle in that area, but some children definitely face difficulty expressing themselves verbally, and that leads to frustration. You have problem behavior that can be a way for them to just communicate their needs or emotions when words are insufficient. So they're communicating because they don't have the words. Now, an example that I want to share with you is that you might have a preschooler who has not yet developed strong verbal skills. They might resort to hitting or tantrums because they want to express frustration or maybe they're seeking attention. 
And we often see this in children with developmental delays, like in some children with autism. Nevertheless, it is the communication barrier that provokes these antisocial behaviors. And in that case, it's important to teach them replacement behaviors in order for them to get their needs met. So you want to replace the antisocial behavior with one that's more pro-social or socially appropriate. Now, I also talked about environmental influences as the second one. Now, believe it or not, the environment in which a child grows up significantly impacts their behavior. So if a child grows up in a chaotic or stressful home, exposure to violence, inconsistent parenting, all of these things can contribute to problem behavior. But environment is not just restricted to the home environment. But also we have to look at and really consider the school environment, especially since most of their time is spent there. A considerable amount of time is spent in school. So I want to really have you think about this from your own lens and your own experience. So have you ever had a teacher who just simply brought out the best in you, made you feel so special and welcomed? Um, Maybe there was something about their classroom. Maybe it was the way it was set up. It just felt good being there. You wanted to be there. You wanted to do whatever it is they wanted you to do. You did the work because they motivated you somehow. And of course, you know, the opposite is true. There were those teachers where you're like, oh, I hate this class. I don't want to go there. They're so mean. It's boring, whatever it may be. You know, there's always that opposite end of the spectrum. So Thinking about that in your own experience with being in an environment, a classroom environment, think about this same child or it could be a cousin or a neighbor's child, whoever, or even a student if you work in education. But think about that child growing up in a high stress household with frequent arguments and tension among the family members. This may make them or it may spark aggressive behaviors, maybe even withdrawn behaviors as a response to that environment. And then when they get to school, maybe because they already are exhibiting these behaviors of aggression or being withdrawn or detached, it's upsetting the teacher somehow, some way, because they're not being understood. The child is not being understood and they're always getting kicked out of class. How is that child's behavior impacted by their environment is the question. So environment is key. And we have to figure out what in the environment is a trigger so that we can start to minimize those disruptive or antisocial behaviors. So again, environment has a, it can have a huge impact on a child's behavior. Now there is The third one that I mentioned before, it's the neurodevelopmental factor. So let's talk about that one. Now, sometimes a child just can't help it and they just need more structure. You ever met a kid who you're like, this kid needs structure in their day? A lot of times 
my students that I work with on the autism spectrum, they really thrive with structure, visual schedules. They need to know what's next. So think about it in terms of needing more support in how they think and see the world. So that's why it's important to understand that neurological conditions and this this can include ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, as well as the autism spectrum disorders. And it can affect a child's ability to regulate impulses and emotions leading to challenging behavior. Now, it's not impossible to help them better regulate. They just need more support in this area. It's not something that comes natural for them as it may for a child who's neurotypical is what we say. So for example, think about this. Well, for me, what I see often in, in classrooms or what I tend to get referrals for is for children who have ADHD, like, you know, ADHD, or I like to say ADHD like characteristics. A child with ADHD may struggle with impulse control, leading to impulsive actions or difficulty following rules in a classroom setting. And of course, we know that if you think about the same child at home, the structure is very different at home. There is not as rigid as a classroom. So in the classroom, we definitely can pick up on it much, much better and clearer because of all the structures that are in place. Now, these things or this situation can really negatively impact their access to their education and they can fall behind in reading, math or other basic or foundational skills that they need in order to excel. Now, it doesn't mean that all children with ADHD or autism will fall behind, but it does help to better understand and support them if this is a part of their neurodivergence. So again, it's all about really being there to support and understand the child so that we can get to the root of the problematic behavior. Now, another reason that we might see problematic behaviors in kids is that they may have social and emotional learning gaps. Yes, some children may simply lack essential social and emotional skills, such as empathy, self-regulation, or conflict resolution. Now, these difficulties in these areas can result in problem behavior in various social contexts. So it could be on the playground. It could be at PE. It could be during passing period at lunch. So it's really important to understand that these are skills that need to be taught. So if, for example, you might have a middle schooler who lacks effective conflict resolution skills. So they may engage in disruptive behavior or aggression when faced with interpersonal challenges amongst peers. So basically, they're not getting along with people. And just like we teach reading, just like we teach writing and math, we also need to teach those social skills. And of course, the earlier, the better, because it gets harder once kids begin to just get set in their ways. So, but it's not impossible. But 
it's learned by trial and error, you know, and we we need to really give them those opportunities to practice, to make mistakes and then learn from those mistakes in order for them to get better. And children also need good role models of this, of social emotional regulation, because they need to learn how to be proficient in this area. And that's why you're probably seeing and hearing a lot about social emotional learning in schools. It's nationwide. It's a big movement now because we understand that there are gaps out there and that children don't have to be uh, neurodivergent to, to need social and emotional learning skills developed in them. So, Again, this is a big movement. SEL is what you've probably heard. And I say there's always room to grow. There's always room to understand and make better connections with the world, have empathy, understand others' perspectives, and just not be self-centered in the way that we respond to how others are feeling. So again, that is that can be taught. And practiced. Now, the last area that I want to talk about is trauma or adverse childhood experiences. Children who have experienced trauma or adverse childhood experience experiences may exhibit problem behavior as a coping mechanism. It is a way for them to get through the pain. Unresolved trauma can manifest in behavioral challenges that require sensitive and specialized support. So you might have this. For example, a child who has experienced trauma, such as maybe witnessing domestic violence, maybe uh, uh, display heightened anxiety, aggression, or withdrawal as a coping mechanism in response to triggering uh, situations. So anything that might remind them of abuse, for example, if they have been abused, uh, anything that might remind them of that is a triggering situation. So there is a lot of research on adverse childhood experiences or ACEs, A-C-E apostrophe S. And if you Google it, you can even take an ACEs test yourself to see if you are affected as a child and how it impacts even your overall health. Like there's a lot of research on this. It's important, really, it is to understand that even when children experience divorce or death of a parent or even having a terminally ill or very ill parent that's still in the home, this can be a point of trauma in their lives and they may respond to it by acting out. Another way of saying by expressing themselves in an antisocial behavioral way. So again, uh, it could be trauma, adverse childhood experiences. It's not always violence in the home, but again, it could be that there is a parent who is suffering from an illness and it could be divorce, which is similar to uh, losing a parent and also incarceration. So that is another area that is considered uh, to be a part of the ACEs. So let me tell you, there's just... (laughs) So much more that needs to be considered as we talk about the various reasons why some kids may struggle with problem behavior. That's why in a couple of weeks, 
I will be doing a five-part series that takes a deeper dive into each of the areas mentioned in this episode. We will be looking at the research behind each, strategies to help you mitigate the issue, and extended resources and where to find them on your journey. Now, as we explore these areas more, I really need you to understand that it will be a process and you will need to be patient with your child and yourself. So by now, I really hope you're feeling encouraged and maybe you have reflected on some of the things that you've heard. With that, I do want to challenge you. Think about what area or areas you feel is the main source of your child's behavior. And just as a a loving reminder, just be thinking about that because we're going to be taking a deep dive. But as your loving reminder, I I just want to say, extend grace during any process of transformation. Don't be too hard. If things don't work right away or if it's taken a long time, just extend grace. So I surely hope that this episode has blessed you. And if it has, hit that follow up subscribe button so that you don't miss any new episodes. And as you're thinking about that sister or that friend or that coworker who really needs this and you know their child is struggling and they're struggling with their son or their daughter, share the link parentthemsuccessful.com because that can make a huge difference in their parenting journey. And if you are like me, you want to learn more about your helping your child as they grow and as they develop, join my email list. You can go to strongermindsstrongeryouth.com forward slash join the list. And all these links will be in the show notes. Hey, I really do appreciate you. And I thank you so much for listening. So until next time, be blessed and love on your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Them Successful with licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more information about our services, the Empower House Academy, or to take our quiz, What's Your Parenting Style? Go to StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. Feel free to email us directly at info at StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Other ways to stay connected are on Instagram and Facebook by searching Stronger Mind, Stronger Youth and on Twitter at official underscore SMSY. Until next time, be well and love your children for they are a gift from the Lord.